NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. It was, of all people, Henry Kissinger, who once said of academic politics that the reason that they're sometimes so vicious is because the stakes are so small. By that measure, I guess it's not surprising that of all of our local races, including the heated contest for city council, that some of the most contested races are for the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees. Seats are being contested in District 2, 3, and 4. But contrary to Kissinger's point, the issues aren't small. They have a real impact on Napa and our broader community. And today we're going to spend some time with Marianne Mancuso, who is the incumbent in District 3. Marianne has been a force in democratic politics in Napa for a long time. She has deep ties to American Canyon, where she lives, and she's been that area's representative on the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees for several years. She's currently running for election to that seat, and she also currently serves as president of the board. It is my pleasure, as always, to welcome Marianne Mancuso here to Napa Broadcasting. Marianne, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. You know, it used to be many years ago, and I've talked to a lot of people about this. I mean, I remember some of it, but even before that, that the races for NVUSD, Napa Valley Unified School District, were really the contested races. There were a lot of heated issues. A lot of people would jump in. It was sort of a jumping off point for politics. Now, those races are pretty much been uncontested the past several years. And the college board races are where all this action is. It's true. What's changed? What's what's that about, in your opinion? Well, some of it, I think, has been good for the college in the sense that the college has been, I think, a more focal point for the community maybe than it has been in the past. So people are more aware of what's happening at the college, and more people want to be involved in what's happening at the college. So a little bit um, is is a good thing. Um, but, you know, there, there are some things that uh, I think that bring people out and um, that are issues related that people think the college should be involved in that aren't necessarily issues that the college should be involved in. Which really segues to, to the next point, and that is as someone that has done it for a while, what do you see as the role of, of a college board trustee? And, and how is that perhaps different than what the public perception is? That is such a great question, Jeff, because I think that you hit it on the head. I think that the perception of what the role is versus the reality of it are two very different things. Um, you know, the, the college has, as you know, and I think that you've talked to Ron Kraft about it, many other people about it, is that we have in the California Community College system a shared governance system, participatory governance. And so there are a lot of limitations to what a trustee really gets involved in in the um, early stages. It mostly comes to us like curriculum. Curriculum comes to us after it has gone through every single, I think every eyeball is on it at some point in time right. in the college before the board ever sees it. So it's so rare that any board of trustees would, at any community college, would ever uh, vote no on curriculum that comes before us to be voted on because it has been vetted and has been sent through such a process that 
um, while we can look at it and we can ask questions, uh, we have to trust in the process. We have to trust in the system. The same go- could be said for hiring as well. When, when faculty is hired, when administrative staff is hired, it's a very detailed process before it gets to the board. That's absolutely right. The thing that we have to always work to remember is that the employee of the Board of Trustees is Dr. Ron Kraft or whoever that CEO superintendent is. Our work is directly with that person to make sure the goals are aligned properly, to make sure that uh, that person is executing student success and what is right for the college versus micromanaging the process. And then when when it comes to us, it's coming to us for that final decision, if it's hiring or whatever it may be. But we are really giving that president based on our work with him and his goals, uh, we're saying, now go run with this, and what we want to see are the results. Given that, in your tenure and the time you've been on the board, what's been the most difficult decision? What are some of the things where the board has really gotten to, to stake out some territory for itself? You know, there have been a couple of issues. I think a couple of hiring issues have been... Um, you know, have been people or positions where we really had to, um, we really had to look at, analyze, review, uh, observe the people that were being chosen because they were such critical um, positions that were being hired. And again, even those high-level positions go through uh, a very stringent hiring process. So it's not light done lightly. And by the time it does get to us, it's been through quite a process, but we do have an opportunity. There is a point where we have an opportunity to really compare all of the candidates on those higher level roles. Has there been a tendency that you've ever seen on the board to try and micromanage to get overly involved because board members want something to do, I suppose? That is really common throughout the community college system. I don't think that that's unusual, and yes, it happens on our board. Um, it doesn't happen with all members, but it does happen with some. And, uh, and the problem with that is that you end up, you undermine what, you know, the faculty, uh, the faculty is doing, faculty senate, the academic senate, the um, you know, all the work that they do and all of the people that they work on a day-to-day basis, uh, if we try to get into the weeds and undermine what they're doing, it, it only hurts the college. So while we have the final say, it's really important for us to have everything put in front of us before we make that decision. We make sure we're making an informed decision but that we don't try to manipulate that process. What do you like about the process? Why do you want to stay on the board? Why do you want to do this again? I like it for a lot of reasons. First of all, one of the things that I love to do is I love being a connector. I love connecting people and networking with people. And and for that connection, for that result to result in something so important, for instance, um, 
some of the things that I've done, you know, I have 13 years of experience on the workforce board. We're now a four county workforce alliance of the North Bay. And I chair the Napa section, the Napa portion of that regional board. And, um, and so one of the things that I like to make sure we're doing is that we're connecting all of the programs that are being funded through WIOA, Workforce Investment and Opportunities Act, that can come to the college for training purposes. So, um, for instance, I was at a retreat for the Workforce Alliance of the North Bay and having lunch with, uh, with a man who is uh, the head of the director of some apprenticeship programs and state, uh, a state foundation apprenticeship programs. We got into conversation. He was telling me how some other community colleges have apprenticeship programs on campus and uh, and I was able to put him together with the people that could make this happen, and they've been negotiating to this at this point an MOU to bring those apprenticeship programs to the campus. It's not you know complete yet, but that's the type of thing that I feel like I'm really making an impact because one of the things I've always felt is that there's all these wonderful organizations doing something great over here. Somebody else is doing something great over here. But how about we all talk together and make sure that we're putting all of this together and and, uh, making it happen? How important is it, in your view, for the college to really be involved with the community, not just in in terms of inviting community members in and inviting electeds in, but really looking for partnerships, really looking for ways the college can work with the community. That's it. You hit it on the head. It's got to be nonstop. If we're not partnering with the community, um, we're not servicing our students and our community to the best that we can. By partnering with the community, we bring more and more opportunity for our students to be successful, correct? So so our community relationships, but also making sure that the community really respects and understands how we serve the community and and let the community really also play a part in the development of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that comes to us. I'll have people come up to me at events or whatever all the time who come up to me and say, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Wouldn't it be great if the college could do whatever it is? And some of it's kind of crazy and some of it's good stuff. So, it, you know, I come back and mention it to Dr. Kraft or whoever that, you know, somebody had this idea. There's always been, it seems, a debate among board members or philosophically over the years that really goes to the heart of what you're talking about, the degree to which the college should engage with the community as opposed to being kind of this cloistered place separate and apart from the community. That's right. You know, it's um, for somebody to come into this board, come onto this board as a trustee, and to think it's about this kind of tunnel vision where, okay, I'm going to look at the college's books and I'm going to make sure that the books are all correct and I'm going to look at who's doing this or who's, who's making this mistake. 
that's not going to get us anywhere. That's not going to help us achieve what we need to achieve to provide students with the greatest programs that any college, community college, can possibly offer. And that's the goal. The goal is to make us a destination community college, a community college that people say, you got to hear what Napa Valley College is doing, like our police academy, mm-hmm. right? That people all over the place know about our police academy. And um, and that's the... And the winery and, and viticulture the winery program. And, you know, our psychiatric technician program, respiratory therapy. They've been acknowledged nationwide. So that's what a board member is all about. A board member is all about making sure that Napa Valley College becomes that destination community college. How does that relate to a couple of things that uh, have been written about as, as possible things for the college to be involved in? One is housing here on campus, and the other is maybe partnering up with the wine train folks and, and, and doing some kind of a program with them. That's, you know, that that is very connected to uh, to what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So the the housing the wine train potential, all of those things uh, connect back to students and, um, and they connect to Napa College being unique with something. There aren't that many community colleges. I think there might be four right now with housing. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you know the Don't know the number. It's a small but I, number. But it's a small, small number. number. I think it's, it's somewhere around four community colleges right now. So housing would make a big difference. It would do a couple of things. It would relieve some of the housing locally, um, but it would also give students that ability to study in a stress-free environment and to be able to, you know, know that they've got someplace affordable to live, that their community is all around them, um, and transportation issues are solved. It, It makes all the difference. Um, the same with the wine train that goes from, you know, such a spectrum of all the opportunities that that could possibly bring to the college. And that is where we want Dr. Kraft. We want him to be really exploring all the possible partnerships, uh, that he can. And we want the community to come to us and say, here's an idea. Some of that happened even with baseball this year. It did. I love that. Um, it, you know, and I think it went really well. I went to several games, and uh, and there were a lot of people out, I thought, for a first season. Uh, so I think that it was, uh, it was a great decision. And our food truck, our campus food truck got uh, exposure, our Scholar right. Eats. Um, so it was great. Talk a little bit about the economics of the college and, and how things are going, in your view, from a budgetary and sustainability standpoint at this point. That's a great question because I think that that's also been something that I have had um, my confidence has grown quite a bit in. And um, in fact, we just approved in this last meeting our uh, final budget. We are, um, our reserves are looking good. Uh, I think that where our money is being uh, spent, 
is looking very good. I think it's uh, it's all going in a very positive direction. You know, we have facilities that we need especially to uh, continue the programs and grow the programs that we have that are getting focused. And I just think that, um, you know, financially, I think that we're in a good place. Of course, there's still facilities issues, and that was really what drove the discussion about a potential bond mm-hmm. issue. Talk about your views on, on how that went down, how you feel about a bond issue not going out this year, and whether you think it might be necessary in the future. Yes, I think it's necessary in the future. Uh, I'll get that question out of the way mm-hmm. right <laughs> right at the start. Um I had mixed feelings about, I was very much in support of going out for a bond. So I have mixed feelings about us choosing to not go out for the bond. But it at this time, um, but I think it was probably a wise decision on the staff's part to, um, you know, to want to continue these conversations and to want to continue to explore what that looks like, what projects we really, what is that dollar amount that we need to go after? Um, how can we resolve some of the facilities issues with other means of revenue, um, other creative ways of bringing in revenue? So I think that by the time we do get to that place where it's, now let's do it, um, we're going to be able to put something out there to our community that is solid, that is real. This is this is truly what we're asking for. Um, it's not inflated. And, um, and we really hope the community gets behind that. Talk about ways in which the college can begin to address some of just the reality. I mean, NBUSD talks about this all the time, the changing demographics of the community, particularly that it's getting older and older and that there are less kids here, and enrollment is going down, certainly in the school district, and a little bit here as a, as a trickle-down effect. Well, with the uh, throughout the California Community College system, though, enrollments have uh, either stabilized or increased in many areas. Decreased, I say increased? Decreased. decreased. <laughs> and um, and so uh, it, it's, you know, it's happening everywhere. I think that... Um, I think that offering more online opportunities, distance education is also helpful, along with, like we talked about, the uh, housing could bring students, more students in from other locations. Um, But you're right, the demographics are changing, and I think that we've been looking at, I know that we've been looking at those demographics, and we've been looking at ways to be creative about who is our student. Maybe there's another student out there that we aren't considering. So that's a, that could be another piece of it as well. I know that you uh, have gone to some meetings and and had some involvement in the discussions that are taking place at at the state level about the state doing an online university, essentially, and the extent to which that maybe competes with what local community colleges are doing. I was actually chosen to participate in this two-day workshop. Uh, It was held down in San Jose. I was the only trustee um, that was involved in this workshop, and there were only about 
40 people or so that were involved overall. Um, so I felt very honored to be a part of that. But what I learned is that uh, for the most part, this community of educators in the community college system, they really want to make sure that that whatever curriculum is rolled out, that it goes through uh, faculty review, that it goes through this similar shared governance process. Um, I don't think there was anybody in the room that just wanted people to be throwing up, you know, these programs online and, right. you know, just kind of let's throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And, um, and then there is the fear of the competition. It, it, you know, it's a program that Governor Brown wanted to, this was going to be his, one of his legacies, it, right? right? He wanted to do it. And so I think that it has been, um, you know, kind of a forced issue uh, onto the system that I don't, I don't know, I don't think is going to go anywhere because there's too much opposition. Talk a little bit about, because it really goes to the heart of another issue that, that I know that the board deals with, which is this balance between community colleges really being focused on the community, serving the community, really taking that into account, as we've been talking about, but also being, I won't say burdened necessarily, but but under the, the rubric of an awful lot of rules and regulations that come down from Sacramento. It's true, but I think that, you know, what you said at first, being a community college and serving the community, we have programs that and I've heard many students say this. In fact, when I was at that workshop, that online workshop, they brought in a student who I think they thought was going to really champion the whole online concept, but she was an EOPS student. And, uh, and one of her comments was that she could not have continued, she could not have made her way through the system without the handholding that she got through EOPS. And so we have so many programs that take a student who is a first-generation college student and really, they really are the cause of that student being successful. Uh, and so that can't happen online. That just, you know, while I am, I have an inner geek and I love technology, I really believe in this, in the personal aspect of bringing people through the system. And for some people, it might be fine. But for those who need that community college, um, we need to be there. What do you think is the most important skill that you bring to being a board member or that any potential board member needs to bring to the job? What can you bring that isn't already here? What can you bring that isn't already here? And what can you bring that is going to enhance what we're already doing? And um, in my case, it's, it's a many, many years, as you know, Jeff, of working in the community, connecting with people from Calistoga to American Canyon and everything in between. Because while I'm voted on by the residents of American Canyon. And while I always keep American Canyon's needs top of mind, we cannot succeed 
on American Canyon alone. We can only succeed if I am out there making things happen throughout the entire uh, Napa Valley College District. So, um, so I bring I bring that. I also bring my 30 years of staffing industry experience and my experience on the workforce board that really is my blend of experience is unique to any board member that we have in that um, I know the job market inside and out. I know what uh, the expectations are out there. And, um, and I know how to talk to businesses about those needs and those skills gaps. Because in my years uh, in the industry that I've been in, in good markets and bad markets, there are people screaming for employees that we don't have the skill sets for. Are there any particular needs that American Canyon has with respect to its relationship with the college that, that you think are you know indigenous to American Canyon and that you can address? I think geographic, you know, is is one of the issues. Uh, transportation, and um, you know the fact that we are expanding, enhancing some of the programs that we're offering down there. We're going to create South Campus uh, American Canyon campus signage. And, um, you know, move into general ed, some lab work, um, other areas that we might also be able to expand in, in American Canyon. Um, and, and really, I think we've done really well partnering uh, with, this, with the high schools in Napa and, you know, bridging that gap for students. But we are just now... I think really accomplishing that in American Canyon. I worked with, um, I talked with Jason Holly, who's our city manager in American Canyon now, and he's been working on transportation projects. So connected him with Ron Kraft, and it turns out that one of the greatest riderships is from American Canyon to the college during the day on the bus. So let's talk about an express uh, situation where maybe, you know, it's just a run from American Canyon to the college at certain times of day when the schedules are demanding it. One of the things that I've been talking to all the candidates, even the city council candidates actually quite a bit about, is the degree to which the sort of tenor of the times, national politics and, and all that, that we deal with with that, no matter what side you're on, sort of now more than ever is filtering down into local communities. We saw that here, I suppose, most profoundly with Measure C, where it got as heated as some of the national debates get. Do you see that infecting the college races as well? Is that something that, that you sense? And you've been involved in, in democratic politics for a long time, so you have a political sense. Do you feel that that kind of stuff is filtering down into local politics? I do. I think that people want to use uh, in these nonpartisan races, they want to use what party you're in and they want to somehow um, affiliate your stand on one thing or another because of a party that you belong to. Uh, in, in our case, I think that um, we're getting it more from the left of the left. As opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to a right and a, and a left issue, right? right. Um, 
But I think that when we're talking to the community, we do our best, us who are, you know, board members, um, and especially because, I, you know, I have nothing to hide. Pretty much the entire community knows my politics, right? So when I'm out there and I'm talking to uh, the community, it, the issues just aren't political. They are about our community. They're about our college. Uh, there was nothing political in October of last year when the college became the largest um, you know, evacuation center and right. the way the whole community worked together to uh, pull that off. So, um, I, I mean, these are supposed to be nonpartisan yeah. races. Yes. I mean, there's somebody, yes. I don't remember who it was that famously once said, you might remember, there isn't a Republican or a Democratic way to pave a road, you know, that there are just things that need to be done. Right, right. And, um, and you know, people want to make it that. And, you know, of course, you bring certain set of values with you uh, because everybody, based on political party that they've chosen, they do have a set of values that they, you know, believe in and that they live by. But, um, you know, first things first, student success. Mm -hmm. Talk about that as really the importance of student success as a primary mission, that there's all these other things, whether it's housing, whether it's the, the, the program that, that might happen with the one, that all of these things at the end of the day are focused towards that student success. That's right. So the board, when the board is looking at uh, voting on major issues or uh, – or when Ron and his cabinet are discussing, you know, plans and strategies and taking Ron's goals to the next level, um, it all has to tie back. That has to be the question that we ask ourselves every single time we vote. How does this tie back to student success? What is the result of this? And so if you're um, if you're not thinking about that throughout the process, then, you know, why, why are you doing this? Because that is truly, like you said, no matter what we're discussing, if it's, you know, um, how we're going to maintain the grounds, uh, what, uh, how does it all tie back, every single little piece of it? If you're focused on something else, you're getting into the weeds about something else that um, that doesn't result in student success. That's not where we need to be. Marianne Mancuso, I thank you so much for coming in and uh, sharing some of this uh, in the run-up to the election. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.